The reading is taken from Luke chapter 1, verse 5 to 25. The birth of John the Baptist foretold. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was grieved with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or the fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well on in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much, Anique. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that it is Advent. Thank you for the words of Scripture we've just heard, and I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear your truth from them. Amen. Welcome back to everyone on the live stream. I have a question for you. What is the best promise 
that someone has made to you recently. Now, you may go with something very, very holy or very, very soppy, but it's also okay for that promise to be about presents and chocolate. But maybe um, have a think about what's the best promise has been made to you recently. We just heard Reuben's uh, family and friends make some fantastic promises about him, didn't we? Or maybe someone you really love has promised to visit you and your family this Christmas. Or maybe you've been promised a present that you really, really want. I'm going to give you one minute with the people that you're with, can be your family, can be other people sat near you, just to share what is the best promise someone has made to you recently. If you're joining us on the live stream, maybe you'd like to share something uh, on the chat beneath the, uh, beneath the screen. I see lots and lots of smiling faces. It sounds like there are some lovely promises being shared and being remembered. Now, here's my question. How long, how long do you have to wait until that promise happens? So we're going to put our hands up. Everyone put your hands up to start. And put your hands down if that promise is going to get fulfilled today. No? Okay. This coming week? Or a few of you? Okay. Put your hands down if it's going to be fulfilled by Christmas. Oh, very good. Um, Put your hands down if it's going to be fulfilled by this time next year. Still a few hands up. Uh, Put your hands down if it's going to be fulfilled at the end of time, at the end of eternity. Well, you were clearly the holy people. Well done to all of you. (laughs) But that's the tricky thing about promises. We have to wait for them to happen. I wonder if you can think of a time when you've had to wait for something that you really, really wanted, but you really, really didn't want to have to wait. I thought we might... um, I trained as a psychologist, uh, and one of my favourite psychological experiments ever, I thought we might watch a version of it, uh, an experiment. Now, the kids in this video are given a marshmallow and then left alone in a room with the instruction that if they can wait for five minutes and not eat it, they'll get a second marshmallow that they can then have two. Let's see how that turns out. I am so impressed by some of the kids in that video. Um, I'm I'm with the little red-headed girl. I think I would be eating it before the instructions had even finished. Um, But for some of them, that waiting looked really painful, didn't it? Really painful having to wait. Now, I want to tell you the stories of two different couples who were part of the big family of God. So, first of all, there's Elizabeth and Zechariah, whose story we just heard Anik read. And then, secondly, there's Abraham and Sarah. Now, these couples are are actually uh, related to each other. Um, It's going to take too long to explain how, but Abraham is Zechariah's great, 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 great. And if I carried on saying great until the end of the service, I would be about their grandfather of Zechariah. But even though these couples lived thousands of years apart from each other, they were actually very similar. You see, they were both hoping and praying and waiting to have children. But no children had come. God had actually made a promise to Abraham that he and Sarah would have children, would have many, many, many children, but no children had come. 
Elizabeth and Zechariah were both holy people and they loved God and they served him with every day of their lives and prayed for children every day. But no children had come. They waited and they waited and they waited. And as they waited for years and years, hope turned into disappointment. And disappointment turned into sadness. And maybe sadness turned into frustration or even anger. And bit by bit by bit, their hope dried up. And in fact, their hope was so dried up that when an actual angel, a real-life angel, appeared in front of Zechariah and said, you're going to have a baby, Zechariah wasn't too sure he could believe it. That's how much his hope had dried up. And Abraham and Sarah had given up hope so badly that they decided to not wait on God's plan anymore and try and make their own plan, make, make their own fix, which is another sermon, but that caused all sorts of problems. Now both of their stories end the same way, with the birth of a baby boy. God came through on his promise to both families, even though they had to wait much longer than they wanted. Even though there were many times when they didn't think they could trust God anymore. And even though they made some really big mistakes, God kept his promise to Abraham and Sarah. God kept his promise to Elizabeth and Zechariah. And God will keep his promises to us. But here's the tricky part. How can we keep on waiting well if inside us we are filling up with sadness and disappointment and even anger and we can feel like giving up on waiting because it's been too long and it hurts too much? Well, the good news is there is an answer to that question. But before we look closely at what that answer is, we're going to sing again. Because sometimes waiting well takes a bit of practice. Sometimes we, we need to rehearse our waiting. And this song that we're going to sing, we've sung it once or twice here before, um, but I think we're going to go over the actions as well. Um, this song is a great chance for us to practice our waiting. So you probably remember I promised you an answer to that tricky question. How can we wait well? But there's one more story to tell first. Because as well as having personal promises over their own lives and families, Sarah, Abraham, Elizabeth and Zechariah were all playing their part in God's big story. God's one big, huge, enormous promise. Because from before the time of Abraham and Sarah, the world had got in a mess. Instead of living God's way, People had been going their own way, making selfish choices, living for themselves, treating each other and the world badly. Megan told us that the first candle that we light in Advent is to help 
us remember the very beginning of the story. God's first promise. And she mentioned Abraham and used the big word patriarch to describe Abraham. The reason Abraham is called patriarch is because he was the first person to receive a promise from God that God would be setting the wrong things right again. God made the biggest and best promise that has ever been made in the history of the world. He promised to come and fix the world, broken as it was. What a fantastic promise! And then, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, people waited. It must have seemed to a lot of those people, like the world was getting worse, not better. And people must have lost hope, just like Abraham, Sarah, Elizabeth and Zechariah did. And in fact, there are many, many prayers that we can read in the Bible during that time that say, how long, Lord? The book of Psalms is full of them. How long until you come and do what you promised, until you come and fix what's broken? And then around about the time that Elizabeth and Zechariah were having their baby boy, another baby was born nearby. This one was born in a small village surrounded by animals, signalled by a star, visited by shepherds and wise men. Very good. This baby, Jesus, was God's promise being fulfilled. The promise to fix all that was wrong with the world. The promise to save people from their own selfishness. The promise to show us a different, better way to live was all in this baby. And as this baby grew up, he lived a perfect life. He taught the truth about God. He set people free from the prisons in their own minds and hearts. He healed people from their illnesses and injuries. And when he died on a cross and was raised back to life, he set people free from the sin that was holding them back from God. And we can choose to follow Jesus, to accept this forgiveness, to learn from him, to be like him. And in so many ways, our lives can change. And we can join in with God in his plan to make the world better. But... For some things, we're still waiting. Even though God, through Jesus, has begun to fix the world, some things are still broken. Lots of the world is still a mess. Unfair things happen every day. People still get sick. Sometimes they don't get better. At the beginning of Advent, of course, we start to think about Christmas, about baby Jesus being born in a manger. But we also take some time to remember something even better than Christmas. One day, Jesus is coming back. Jesus promised us that he would come again to complete the job of putting everything with the world right. So, 
How do we wait well? I'm going to teach you a prayer. This is one of the oldest prayers of the church. I haven't even put it on a slide because it's so simple. It's three words. I think you can remember it. But this is the Advent prayer. This prayer is written in the New Testament, so we know they've been praying it since pretty much the beginning of the church. Are you ready? Come, Lord Jesus. I said teach. Some of you already knew it. Fair enough. Come, Lord Jesus. Shall we all say it together? Come, Lord Jesus. And that prayer remembers that Jesus came as a baby 2,000 years ago and begun the work of putting the world right. But that prayer also recognises that one day Jesus will come again and complete the job and we will know him personally. We will know the Father personally when he puts the world right. So how can we wait well? That prayer is a good place to start. Come, Lord Jesus. When we're waiting, especially when it really starts to hurt, we turn towards Jesus. We focus on him and we can put our hope in Jesus. He's come once before and he's promised to come again. When we don't feel hopeful, we can sing his praises like we just did and wait and ask him to fill our hope back up. When we're sad from too much waiting, we can speak to him and pray and say, Jesus, please come soon. (laughs) I'm running out of energy. Come, Lord Jesus. And as we wait, God will refresh our hope. Amen.